Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we sit down with Monique and Melvin Rodriguez. Monique and Melvin Rodriguez are the founders of Myel Organics, a hair care and beauty brand that believes healthier ingredients encourage healthier skin and hair. Today, they will break down the origins and inspiration of the brand, reveal the keys to starting their own business, and equip listeners with career-related advice. Let's get started. Hello. Oh, good afternoon. Um, Melbourne's here. Hi. Hi. Monique's here. Melvin and Monique, hi. Uh, welcome. Good afternoon. Pleased to meet you. Um, Likewise. Hi. Uh, my name is uh, Andy Butcher, and uh, I have to open with apologies that Lewis is not able to, to make today. I'm afraid he just had uh, a co- late conflict that came up. So uh, apologies for that, but so grateful that you are giving us some time at Waymaker. As I say, my name is Andy, and I'm kind of one of the... Uh, the backroom team, if you will, at Waymaker Journal, work on the editorial side, doing the writing of the articles and so on. So I'm uh, kind of pinch hitting for Lewis, um, but very appreciative of you, of uh, your making the time so we can get to have this conversation. As um, I I think, you know, uh, Waymaker Journal, uh, our uh, aim and goal is we say, uh, grow your life and change the world. And... um, You all have been uh, doing that uh, as a couple and in business, and we wanted to hear some of your story and uh, get to share some of that so it can be both hopefully aspirational, but also instructional. (coughs) They may be able to hear some of your story and then think that they can take and apply some of what you can share to their lives. So with all that said, thank you again for making this time. Appreciate it. Of course, no problem. Thank you for having us. Oh, I'm so glad. Let me, uh, and I'm going to invite you both to please uh, weigh in here as we can have had this uh, conversation over this next short while. But let me let me start with this. This was something I, I discovered uh, yesterday. There's not many brands that uh, find themselves being um, promoted, uh, if you will, by Joel Osteen, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest uh, audiences right in the country. Now, tell me, just start by telling me, how did that come about and how how did it feel? Uh, um, I guess I'll go ahead, Melvin. Yeah, I would say, you know, Andy, it was definitely, um, it definitely a surprise for us. Um, but not surprising because I um, I go by a motto in, in, in saying the story must be told. And, um, and you know, our story is something that's significant, that truly, um, truly inspires many and, and giving hope, inspiration and what have you. But um, and, and we do believe that, um, you know, you know, that God truly will um, have your name mentioned in areas or arenas where you may not physically be. And so as such, you know, uh, with the, with the mention with Joel Osteen at that time, we, we anticipate that he saw my wife and I speaking, um, at our church, um, possibly online. 
that he may have tuned in or someone may have alerted him. Uh, we attend a church called Family Christian Center here in Munster, Indiana. Um, pastor uh, Steve Muncie is the senior pastor. Um, he's friends with Joel, Joel of course. And, and in fact, his brother, um, one of his brothers is a associate pastor at um, Lakewood. Um, but as such, we're, we're, we spoke there um, some time ago and sharing our story to the congregation on a Wednesday night. Um, and we think that may have been how he picked up, but as such, uh, or he could have just learned of the story or what have you, but it was very, um, humbling for us to, to see him speak to his, you know, 40,000 plus, um, um, audience of, of, um, of, uh, faith-based, um, leaders. And, uh, no, it's, it, it was, it was remarkable. Monique, what was your reaction when you first uh, learned about this? <clears throat> Well, my first reaction was Joe knows about us. <laughs> like that was my initial uh, like reaction because, you know, we had never met him before. Um, so, you know, for him to, well, first of all, we found out because like our customers or fans, they were sending us messages because he didn't mention our name or anything, but right. he told the story and, and, you know, because of that story and how our story is so consistent and we continue to keep telling the story, like it resonates with our customers. So without even saying our names, our consumers knew who he was talking about. So they started sending us messages and sending us clips. And I was like, wow, this is just, you know, amazing. So it was like, number one, you know, an honor for him to even mention our story um, in at his congregation. And then number two, the fact that like, you know, he didn't have to say our names and people already knew who he was talking about was also something that was, you know, extremely special. And we were very humbled and grateful um, to know that, you know, our story is so significant that you'll know who, you know, who or what someone's talking about by just hearing, you know, the continuous story of how my ill was started. So definitely a grateful, humbling experience. <clears throat> has there been any uh, impact in terms of business that you can trace to that, you know, as a result now? Or? Um, I wouldn't say like we can trace it specifically because, you know, as I mentioned, you know, he he didn't mention our name. But um, for the people that are already familiar with the Mayo brand, the story, I think is that much more heartfelt um, to them to to hear you know, our story in uh, a place of worship, such as like one of the largest churches in America. Um, but we didn't like trace to see like, oh, if we got sales from him mentioning our name, like we were more so just happy and honored that our name or the story was mentioned at the congregation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what, what that speaks to is that um, while mail is such a, a success story, it's multi-layered, right? I mean, we're not yeah. just we're not, I won't say just, we're not only talking about business, right? You're about mm -hmm. something beyond business, yes, and you do it well, but there's more, right, to what you're telling. Speak to that a little bit. What what, what what, are you also hoping to, as well as, you know, developing a significant, successful business, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, in this journey of life, when you think about, like, your purpose, your purpose is always something that's bigger than yourself. And I feel that Mayel is a vehicle and a platform. Yes, we sell hair products. Yes, we um, have amazing products that our consumers love. But most importantly, what our consumers love the most about us is that we are a brand that 
really cares about people. Um, and we, we are a brand that really cares about the community. And we are a brand that is very concerned about how do we impact and make a significant um, uh, impact on our community with great value. So like our consumers know when you, when you think of the Mayo name, they're like, okay, yeah, we love their products, but we also love the founder. We love the story. We love how they give back to the community. And so, you know, that's how you can continue to walk and breathe your legacy by continuing to impact the lives that come in contact with your brand on a day-to-day basis. Um, and so that's what we are so passionate about doing. So for us, we like to focus on people first and then product because the people is what matters. And, you know, we are a purpose and mission driven brand and it has to be something that's beyond yourself because we are all here on this earth to serve as vessels in our community. And you have to go into business and an entrepreneurship with a selfless mindset because at the end of the day, what you do is not about you. It's about who you serve and how you can make an impact on their lives. My understanding is that Mel was actually born really out of like personal heartache, right? And heartbreak. Um, could you tell me something about those early days? And, and also, forgive me, I don't know the origin or the significance of the name. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so back in 2013, um, yeah, I went through a very painful and traumatic loss with the loss of my son when I was eight months pregnant. Um, At the time, I was currently working as a nurse. And throughout my whole nursing career, you know, I was always trying to search and find different outlets and ways to, you know, become an entrepreneur with, you know, starting different business ventures, even before my L. So the entrepreneurial bug has always been in, in inside of me. I've always been extremely passionate about like beauty, hair, fashion. Um, and so I kind of like neglected my dreams to fulfill what I only knew. And that was to go to school, go to college and become a nurse. Even though it wasn't my true calling and my passion, it was something that I was kind of like doing just because I thought it was my only route to success. And so when I went through the situation with, the loss of my son, you know, it really allowed me to do a lot of um, self-reflecting and, you know, developing my relationship with God on a more spiritual level and, you know, leaning onto my faith because my faith is what helped me get through, you know, the loss of my son. And when I decided that I wanted to live life to make Monique happy and not make other people happy, I had a vision And I believe the vision came from God and that was to go on social media and talk about hair care and, you know, share different hair recipes or, you know, different like uh, hairstyles that I would do at home. I would constantly like post about, post about it and blog about it on social media. And it was something that I was doing that was very authentic to me. It was not something that, you know, I started posting, like, I'm going to start this company. It was just something that was allowing me to take my mind off of what I was going through with my son and the saying of your gift will make room for you. Like that's exactly what happened to me because I was utilizing my gift, the gift of talking about beauty, the gift of, you know, I had, I have beautiful hair and it's very aspirational. And I was very good at teaching, you know, women how to take care of their natural hair and how to navigate their hair journey. And so when I started operating in my gift, I started receiving like, tons and tons of inquiries on like, you know, can they find out more information? Can they buy the different mixtures that I was making at home? And so that allowed me to 
ultimately see my purpose because I started working in my passion and my passion led me to my purpose. And like I mentioned, the purpose is, you know, impacting and serving others and changing lives. So what started with uh, products and selling products to consumers ended up being becoming something bigger because the women that purchase Mayo are consumers. They leave a purchase feeling confident, feeling strong, like it's really changing their lives. So all the messages that we get of consumers saying how our brand has, you know, literally changed their lives or literally like helped them gain more confidence. Like to me, that's impact. And that's, you know, something bigger than, you know, selling shampoo and conditioner. So, you know, ultimately my pain led me to my purpose. And, you know, that's what I'm currently doing today. And what about the name? Forgive me. Yeah, so the name is inspired by my daughters. Um, you know, their name is uh, Mia McKenzie and their middle name is Gabrielle and Ario. So when I wanted to name the company, I wanted to name the company after, you know, what inspires me, what motivates me the most. And those are my, my children. And so I wanted to um, name the company after them. So the Mayo name and the legacy will continue on long, long, long when I'm no longer here. And, you know, my great, great grandkids will be able to, uh, look at this name and look at the legacy and know, you know, the origin and where it came from. Now, Melvin, let, let me uh, ask you, obviously, this then w w was born from, you know, Monique's creativity and so on. But fast forward to today, you're both involved, you know, very much involved in the business. What was your kind of background? Did you come to this with a business <clears throat> background? Where were you kind of tracking as this was, as me always, was, you know, coming to birth? <clears throat> Yeah, Andy. So prior to Mayel, uh, I had no passion whatsoever in beauty, hair care of any sort. Um, and so my my background stemmed around engineering, logistics, um, technology. Uh, went to school and um, graduated with a bachelor's in, com in computer information systems. So I was programming and, and what have you. I worked with UPS um, on the engineering side for, for about 20 years. And so, you know, basically um, when Monique and I, you know, had gone through um, the trial and tribulation we, we dealt with with our son, it was uh, obviously a, uh, a tough time for us. And so me, you know, I understood I had to be there for my wife and support her in, 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 in every way I could. And so um, when she had the, the idea to just, find an outlet to release her pain and, 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 and thinking and what have you, you know, she went to do what she loved and her passion was beauty. And, um, you know, obviously I supported that and I told her to go for it and, and so on and so forth. And so as we begin to, uh, realize that we had something unique and special, um, with my L, um, I began to lean in more and support and, and utilize my engineering skill sets to, to help, on the back end to build infrastructure and processes and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and so basically, you know, what you have is my engineering skill set with Monique's nursing and health and science. You put those two together, you build a unique um, uh, duo to lead the charge in, um, in, in the uh, beauty space. Absolutely. Was there a moment um, when you realized hey, this is taking off. You know what I mean? Was there a particular counter or situation where you re realized this actually, you, you know, this entrepreneurial, this is something we could, could and should pursue? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. And actually, it was literally the first day. We launched Mayo on May 23rd, 
2014, and on the first day, we launched uh, our very first item, which was our mint almond oil um, product that we still sell today. Um, literally, and we sold out every bottle that we had on it. It was it was amazing. Um, and every single day, we continue to see increase in growth um, on our website because at the time we were 100% e-commerce, um, but the brand continued to grow, and so. Um, we, it really became a moment for me when it was literally time to move from our garage to our um, commercial warehouse facility. And at the time, we transitioned from our garage to a three, small 3,000-square-foot warehouse. And at that time, it was like, you know, we really have to lean in. I was able to, you know, retire early from my career, um, corporate career, and lean in more with Monique on the business. Um, because we really began to realize we had something, we were, we were onto something here. Um, and obviously we were growing so fast. And so, you know, we needed, we needed both of us to, to lean in and have more, um, all of our dedication and time to the business to really, um, maximize the potential. Money, you mentioned that your story has, and does, you know, inspire people. And for a lot of our readers who would, you know, want to have like an entrepreneurial dream or desire what years down the road now would you are there two or three principles or key things that you would want to speak to somebody who has says hey I have this idea what have you kind of learned two or three things really that will help launch an entrepreneur um you said two or three things that will help you launch and then you kind of fade it out Sorry, yeah, launch as an entrepreneur with this entrepreneurial okay. idea, you know, a would-be entrepreneur. What do they need to know? Um, I would, you know, if I can give any advice to an entrepreneur that has, you know, a dream or a desire to, you know, get into whatever space that they are um, trying to get into is to definitely <clears throat> be very passionate about your craft and your idea um, because your passion is what's going to fuel you. Your passion is what's going to drive you forward. Because when you are starting a business and you're going into this journey of entrepreneurship, it's not an easy journey and it's not for the weak at heart. You have to be very strong-minded. You have to um, know that there are going to be a lot of bumps in the road. There are going to be a lot of challenges. And, you know, you have to have something that's going to fuel you and that's being very passionate about what you're doing and also being very purposeful. Um, because if you have a purpose, if you have a passion, that's going to... Um, push you forward when things get rocky and challenging. And then also, I would say, um, you know, try to educate yourself as much as you can on your craft and, you know, the industry and be very authentic and um, build up a trustworthy community. You know, when you focus on community and building, you know, when you have that community in the palm of your hands, they will literally buy anything from you and they will buy from you because they've developed uh, authentic um, connection with your brand or you as the founder. Um, so really focus on an authentic, genuine connection. Uh, be very transparent and authentic because this consumer nowadays is, is very, very smart and they can see through any, you know, phoniness or any fakeness of, of any brand. So just be very true and authentic to yourself um, and your brand and always focus on purpose and passion. That's, I mean, you say that, I mean, I see that even in your Instagram, right? I mean, you're very, 
real and you have you have these dead morning prayers right or devotionals mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of not your typical sales approach right <laughs> that's being authentic <laughs> right yes yeah very uh, much so Melbourne, as you as you look back uh, uh, over uh, kind of maybe building or echoing on what Me Monica said, are there is there a thing or two, a couple of things that you'd look back and you would say we would do it differently now that you've learned from this side of being an entrepreneur? You know that you'd <clears throat> kind of a, a lesson of something to avoid that you could speak to readers. Yeah, I, I definitely would say this. Um, you know, going into or becoming an entrepreneurship, it it takes drive it takes commitment it takes dedication and to add to monique's point in terms of passion and this is why it's important to really um identify who you are and truly truly what your passion is because when you're really operating in a space leveraging your passion that will allow you to keep going when things aren't going well that's going to allow you to to continue to push forward and 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 um uh, you know, giving giving your best foot forward each and every single day, uh, because, um, and I and I also say this, Andy, um, if you go into business or becoming an entrepreneurship for money, um, and and you're money driven, um, that can typically become the beginning to your failure, because. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is this, Monique and I have been blessed for, I believe we have been put in position for purpose and not profit. I feel that when you, when you are following your passion, when you are doing the things necessary within your particular space, um, the money will come, right? But I think it's, it's the little things that matter. I think it's when you're being authentic, to Monique's point, the crowd, the consumers, they see that. They see what's genuine versus not. And I think that puts you in position for sustainability in your space. I also say this, um, as we think about entrepreneurship, don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to lean in. Um, because if it's just a thought or an idea or a dream and you didn't act on it, then it will just live as a thought, idea, or dream. Um, I'll say this also, um, asking questions. You know, um, sometimes you begin to allow your mental egos or what have you um, um, to, to tell you yourself to just figure it out yourself versus just asking questions. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And, I, and, and as we go through the journey of life or, or as an entrepreneurship, I think that's extremely important to ask questions. Um, and also too, Andy, not comparing your chapter one to someone's chapter 10, you know, um, entrepreneurship is a journey, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster ride, it's ups and downs. Um, but are you committed to staying the course? Are you committed to continuing doing the work and, 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 and doing what's necessary? Um, for you to um, accomplish your entrepreneurship goals. Um, so I would, those would be some of my pointers. Yeah, yeah. Now you, you're sharing some of what you've learned uh, with others. And I noticed you have a, it's kind of a camp for female entrepreneurs, right? Coming up uh, next year, right? Can you tell me some more about that? What was the genesis of that idea? What are you hoping to achieve? 
Yeah, so that's uh, the secret sauce to success retreat that I do every year and I do it for Women's History Month. And the goal behind putting together a retreat was because I get thousands of requests for um, mentorship, um, advice, business advice, um, people wanting to come in and shadow me for a day or so. And obviously I can't, I'm only one person, I can't mentor everyone. So creating the secret sauce retreat was a way for me to get a group of women together that are aspiring entrepreneurs that are looking to grow and elevate on a different level and to grow and scale their, their businesses. And so I do it every year in Mexico and I gather also all of my resources. So I bring a lot of my friends that are in business, um, people that have been mentors to me in business that have helped me grow and uh, scale my company. I also bring those type of resources in to allow these women to pour into other women to help them get their business off the ground or if they are in the middle of you know, uh, growing their, their company and they want to go to the next level and scale, they also have the tools and the resources and also tangible information that they can use and apply to get their business off the ground and get it to the next level. So it's my way of giving back to women entrepreneurs because obviously I'm a woman entrepreneur and I've been there um, nine years ago. I remember starting and not having any mentors, not having anyone to ask questions to. So I wanted to be that resource and be that mentor to um, more women um, and give them opportunities to also connect with my network as well uh, so they can grow in their respective industries. Now, it's particularly you know, focused for women. Is that because are there particular additional challenges or obstacles to women who are kind of seeking to move into entrepreneurship, you know, more than we guys? Yeah, specifically, I wanted to focus on women because, yes, to your point, um, especially Black women, um, you know, we don't have the same resources, we don't have the same opportunity, uh, we don't have the same access to capital funding and expertise as um, as men and, you know, other races. So because we are the most underserved community in entrepreneurship, but yet we are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, I felt that it's an underserved market that I can continue to overserve and tap into um, so we can create more Monique Rodriguez's um, and so on and so forth. So we can create generational wealth and um, opportunities for the community. Okay. You mentioned the word uh, scale. I'm going to ask both of you, maybe Melvin lead off here, but both of you, you mentioned the word scale, uh, Monique, and that's a critical, isn't it, in, in entrepreneurship, new ideas. You kind of start to take off, uh, but then the big question becomes, how do you scale this? What have you learned um, that might be helpful to new or upcoming entrepreneurs? What are some of the secrets of effectively scaling whatever you have so that it's sustainable and growing? Uh, I'll take that. So I think, um, it, again, Andy, it, 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 it goes back to um, – you as the leader of the organization, right? It all, it all starts with you. Um, and, and again, you're going to get out of your business what you put into it. And so as you think about, you know, where you may be today, but more importantly, where do you see yourself tomorrow or years to come? Um, and, and what I mean by that is it's, it's very important to understand um, 
the space that you're in. So by way of, you know, by way of meaning you studying the market, you doing your research to understanding what, what potential scale could be for your business. Um, is there room, is there opportunity, et cetera. And so once you uh, identify that, now it's about how do I, what are the things that I need to do, right? That will put me in position, right, for scale. And one thing that I teach my kids and a lot of our, a lot of our um, mentees is, is this. You can't get upset by the results you get because of what you didn't do. And so when you think about scale, right, th 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 that those are positive results that put you in position for scale. So doing the necessary things early on puts you in position for scale. And when it's time for scale, what does that mean? You're going to need more help. You're going to need more access, more resource, more, more capital, more expertise. And so at that point, you have to be open-minded for more help, right? It goes back to earlier, I talked about raising your hand. You know, Andy, um, in life, we know what we know, but we also know what we don't know. And so at that point, you know, you, 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 you have to be open to bringing on more, whether it's, whether it's um, any private equity firms or any individuals to help inf infuse capital, but more importantly, to help you position your company for, for sustainable scale, okay? And so I think, uh, but in order to do that, in order for you to be attractive for a private equity firm to help you scale the business, there are things that you have to put in place, right? To, it's almost, it's almost like preparing the meal um, for exit or preparing the meal for individuals for you to be attractive to uh, private equity firms to come in and want to partner with you to help you scale. So again, it goes back to, um, um, you know, you doing what's necessary that will yield results for others to come on board to help you scale. Uh, but again, it goes back to honestly, Andy. You know what you put into the business. That leads us to um, this, you know, recent announcement of P and G. And talk, talk to me a little bit about that, if you would, because for entrepreneurs, you talked about obviously there's the personal brand, the conviction that you have, and this this business, this thing that you develop is kind of your baby, right? And there's a mm -hmm. sense in which uh, with partnering you you're you're passing some of the care to somebody else what was that process like for you and how have you uh, there's always going to be naysayers right and critics right of you know letting go of your your brand what has that process been like for you i would say um i would say the process truly has been rewarding it's been humbling it's been an honor to go through this to to have started a company um, nine years ago and have, have put the work in, have been authentic, have related, have inspired and, and have genuinely loved what we've, what we've doing, what we've done. Um, and, and for, and for a strategic to say, we want to partner with you. We want to learn from you. Um, you all, we've been around over 180 plus years and have not been able to figure out what you've done. I mean, that is that is a rewarding, rewarding um, mention and 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 to have. I would say that, um, and and it, and it and it goes back to scale, you know, and it goes back to what what do you really want um, out of life, and what are you seeking to 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 impact, right? And so, 
Monique and I have talked about we're mission driven. And so we understood that we have done some extraordinary things, right? Even prior to Parking and Gamble, we had an historic nine figure non controlling deal with Berkshire Partners, and that was phenomenal. But for us, we understood this to whom much is given, much is required. We understood that our story must be told. We understood that we need to help to tell our story globally because we, we, we understand, Andy, that our kids and our communities can't be what they don't see. We understand that in our communities that there are, there are certain things, unfortunately, that they see that they then become, okay? And so we wanted to show something different. We wanted to show something that all things truly are possible, that dreams do come true. So we needed help. And so, and so being that we were performing extremely well, our company, you know, uh, doing very well and great momentum, we began to attain attraction from many strategics and, and, and quite frankly, all of them. And so that was very, very uh, a humbling feeling for both Monique and I, um, but we understood historical um, historical things that may have happened with mergers. And so for us, we wanted to protect what we've been blessed with. So what I will say is that we were reluctant to go into what's called a standalone merger and acquisition, meaning we sold or were acquired by Parkton and Gamble. But quite frankly, um, they didn't want to do any harm um, to our brand. And so and so what, what what we were able to embark on was something where it's we become a, have become a subsidiary of Parkton and Gamble, but Monique and Melvin are still leading the company. All of our employees are intact. So now it's when we talk about scale, we have more resources. Uh, globally to help us, uh, um, you know, take the brand to greater heights while continuing to do the things that we've always done from a community perspective as it relates to impact, but even more. Um, and so as we think about, um, you know, what the position now in terms of where the brand sits with Parkland and Gamble, for us, it's about legacy. When they talked about our great grandkids and great, great grandkids, but, but in addition to it's it's the legacy of the brand in the storytelling. It's when I see a Mayo shampoo and conditioner, whatever product on shelf, I think about the story. I think about the commitment. I think about their selflessness. I think about how they serve the underserved. More, um, uh, they truly were more than a strand. Um, they truly were about not extracting, but it depositing into others. And so I think um, you know, for us. In the storytelling and, and again the greater impact, we understood and came to a decision where we needed more and needed, needed help. So, um, so with the Park and Gamble merger, I mean it, it has been uh, phenomenal, um, and uh, we couldn't have had any you know better partners than where we are today. So, uh, but again, in order for us to have accomplished this, it goes back to the things that we've done since the beginning, right? And so the and so. And so again, it goes back to the passion. It goes back to, you know, when you're experiencing growing pains, can you keep going, right? And so we committed ourselves to, to, to help put us in position. Um, instead of being mentally in a position of defeat, we put ourselves in a position of victory. And so we continue and have always uh, found ways to continue on, but doing the things necessary to help grow the business. And, and along the way, we were fortunate to embark this historical um, um, acquisition with Parkland Gamble. Thank you. Monique, would you add anything to that, to your reflections on the, the P&G um, move? Um, I think Melvin summed it up pretty well. The only thing that I would add to that is, you know, as we mentioned earlier, um, 
you know, what's very important to us and what's, what we're really passionate about is our community. Um, and what was very important to us when we thought about partnership was aligning on our values and our mission and, you know, what can you do to help us scale our community efforts? So as a part of the partnership with Procter & Gamble, we launched our nonprofit Myo Cares in which Procter & Gamble donated um, $10 million and then we matched it with an additional $10 million. Um, so that's $20 million to um, jumpstart Myo Cares that's gonna um, focus on the advancement of education, entrepreneurship and black and brown communities. So when you think about like um, partnership, we mentioned purpose. And so for anyone that's looking to scale and, and grow their company and to, to think about like partnership, you also have to make sure that when you're going into partnership that you guys are aligned um, with your mission and your vision and your values because it's like a marriage. And if you guys are not equally yoked, it's not gonna work out. So we were very fortunate to partner with the right partners that truly aligned and wanted to see the brand continue to grow and win. And more importantly, how do we advance um, Mayo's community? And some, that's something that PNG was very committed to. Um, and so as Melvin mentioned, you know, the partnership has been great. We are still continuing to drive and run the company forward. And, you know, quite frankly, this is like the normal phase and trajectory of, of, of a business. Um, and this is like a dream come true. Like it is a, a blessing and an honor to build something that started in my kitchen. That was an idea in my head and to have a big conglomerate like a PNG wanting to help grow and scale globally. Like that's a huge compliment. And I feel like that's the highest compliment you can get um, when you are building uh, a company. And so that's an honor. Like I said, it's a dream come true. And I just wish to continue to change that narrative for the black community. So, you know, they can see like, this is something that you can achieve. And, you know, it's, it's honorable to build something and to have um, a conglomerate interested in, in what you've built. And so we just want to be that example for our community um, so they can have a dream and go after it and accomplish, if not what we've accomplished, but something even better. Yeah. I do have an eye on the time. I don't want to presume too much, but I just have two or three more final quick questions, if I may. <laughs> um, and first, on the foundation, you talk about how, how, how is that foundation going to work? Is it, is it going to be providing grants? Is it going to be running programs, schools? What, what exactly will, will you all be doing through the foundation? Yeah, so it's a combination of all of that, all of the above. So we're going to focus on um, the community that Melvin and I grew up in and the high school that we actually went to, which is our alma mater, um, which is in a suburb right outside of Chicago. So we're going to focus on um, providing educational scholarships and grants and opportunities for the kids that attend the high school that we graduated from. And then we're going to also expand um, expand and scale and grow that program to other schools in the district uh, that we're from. And then we're also going to tap into like um, offering grants for aspiring entrepreneurs and developing educational programs that will have curriculums for entrepreneurs um, as soon as they get out of high school so they can have a jump start, um, a leg up and have the curriculum and also the opportunity to apply for funding to help their businesses as well. So it's gonna be a combination of educational scholarships. Um, we are also focused on building and um, rebuilding up the school that we went to as well, but obviously that's you know down the line. Um, but our initial focus right now is just providing educational opportunities for those kids to be able to go to college and further their, their degree in education. 
Here's a question, uh, one of the last questions for both of you. How, having both a flourishing business in which you work together and a flourishing marriage and family life, that sounds like a lot of pressure. How, how do you manage to do both well? <laughs> um, I would say, uh, <clears throat> um, I would on. say, um, you know, obviously it starts with our faith and keeping God at the center of everything. Um, and having that firm, solid foundation. So we have a, a solid foundation. And I feel that if you stand on a solid foundation, when the wind blows, when things get challenging, you know, you're not going to fall and crack because your foundation is solid. So I think it starts there. And then the second thing is the respect. You have to be able to respect each other's gifts and talents um, and respect each other's skill set. And so Melvin and I, we understand that ultimately we may not always agree. Of course, we, we're married. You're going to have your, your arguments and disagreements, but we are very aligned in our vision. And that is to create generational legacy for our family and generational impact for our community. So because we're so aligned, we know that any uh, disagreements that we may have, what is the ultimate goal? And we come together and we focus on the bigger picture and not whatever stats that we may encounter or disagreements uh, and so on and so forth. And I think the, the last thing is um, another reason why Melvin and I, we work so well together is because we have complementary opposite skill sets. So as he mentioned, you know, having that um, <coughs> engineering logistic, logistical background um, on the operations and the finance side, um, that, that's his skill set. That was his skill set from the very beginning. And I've always focused on you know, the creativity and, you know, the product innovation, the the marketing, the branding. Um, so having those two skill sets come together, they're very complementary to each other. Um, and it's very important that you identify areas that you're weak and areas that you're strong and you complement yourself with somebody that has a stronger skill set in an area that you don't. And, you know, that's how we, you know, work well together because we've identified that. Yeah, I um, I would say, you know, Andy, it, it starts with, um, you know, how you prioritize your life. And for us, it's God, family, then business and work, or work, etc. Right. And truly embracing and aligning to 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 that ranking. Uh, I would also say it's um, it's in this life. We all know it's it's a journey. Right. So along this journey what's what's the goal what's the end goal what are you seeking to accomplish and i think what monique and i have been able to do um at an early age was agree upon what truly we wanted together <clears throat> in our lives um and so you know early on we begin to stop <clears throat> worrying or complaining about the life we had which was temporary and decided to work towards the life we wanted or desired okay and so I think it, it I think it starts there because now it creates the foundation for you to build upon that 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 will be um, aligned with the respect that you have for one another. Um, and also, too, more importantly, for the Bible says, Andy, where there are two or three are gathered in my name, it shall be done. Well, we understood that the Bible tells us so. And so for that, you know, it's it's two. Monique, you know, husband and wife, there are two. So. You begin to agree to that and say, well, why not us, right? And I think when you look at the, the statistics in terms of uh, marriages or couples running businesses together, 
you know, you may oftentimes, you know, hear that they can't do it. Why should they do it and what have you? But I think when you really think about it, you honestly, honestly, you can do it together. And so, um, you know, but it, but, it, but it really goes to the alignment. It goes to being equally yoked. It goes to wanting to, um, uh, it, it goes, it goes into your values, you know, and I think um, we've been able, we've been successful or relu- reluctant at that. It hasn't been perfect. But but even in the drought or, or difficult times, we'll, we're able to go back to our foundation, our base in terms of, you know, what do we want out of this? And we're only going to get uh, what we want out of this based upon what we do within this. So and it goes into life. And so I think, you know, really aligning to that, Andy, has allowed us to um, coexist and do well and do it together. And, and, and quite frankly, it's, it's, it's that more special when you build together um, versus by yourself, you know. So my last question, if I may, if I may uh, last last of two quick questions. In Waymaker, we always say that, um, you know, to your point, you know, we do things together. None of us get where we are just by ourselves, right? You know, we all have had people who have helped us get to where we are, Waymakers, you know. And so I would ask both of you, could you name and speak to maybe one or two people in your own life, but you would say, yes, they were a way maker for me, if, you know, for this, for this reason. Of, of course. So, I mean, if I can add names, I would say those that are way makers for me um, is Lisa Price, um, Richard Lou Dennis. Um, I would say one of our mentors, Jermaine Bowl Leffridge, um, have been the few that are way makers that have paved the way Richard Lou and Lisa Price I would say have paved the way for someone like me to do what I'm doing today and you know to have the mentorship and guidance of people that were heavily involved in the industry that kind of showed us the ropes and and taught us the way would you know be a Jermaine Bold's Leffridge and um, Richard Lou Dennis. How about you Melvin? Um, I would say in terms of <clears throat> way maker, um, I would say for me, um, I would, I would start it out with my, my dad as a way maker being that, uh, he was a single dad raising us. Um, but he, he always found ways to provide a way, even in the struggles and the trying sometimes, um, I was able to, to watch his drive of doing the things necessary to take care, provide a roof over our heads and um, you know, provide for his children the best, the best he could based, based on best how he knew. Um, I would also say, you know, from a way maker perspective, um, I always lean towards my admirations in the sports arena. So, um, and so for my era of, of Michael Jordan, of course, and just, just admiring his work ethic, his drive. Uh, Kobe Bryant, of course. You know, I I'm a huge fan of Kobe, and just you know it it you know just looking at and seeing his the hard work, the dedication, the commitment. Uh, it 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 stuck with me um, um, so much to where it's it's honestly helped me in my 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 position as a leader in the in the business world. Um, in addition to, to Monique's point, you know, just in our space particular, you know, we're great friends with Rich Lou Dennis. He's been a great mentor for us, you know, founder of, of, of Shea Moisture Products and 
and really have been able to teach us and guide us um, in so many ways uh, in this space, um, I would say was uh, was a great uh, uh, you know way maker um, for myself. Thank you. Uh, look, this has been a wonderful conversation. I don't want to presume much more on your time. I know you're both very busy. Let me close with this. As you think back over our conversation, is there anything that you think, you know what, you didn't ask me that and you should have done? <clears throat> um, uh, I would say, I think um, I, I always like to lead with, um, you know, Truly, when you think about impact, you know, because we're all about impact and and, uh, and being able to show others, I think it's really, um, you know, Melvin and Monique, what what is a, a very important thing that um, you guys want to send, just from an impactful message to others, and I and I and I would say, Andy, that is, you know. Monique and I have been blessed. We've been put in great position and positions of wealth and, and, and what have you. But I think it's, you know, really um, the path to working towards what I call transformative thinking. Um, and there's a motto I go by, change your mind, change your life. If And, and as I think about listeners and, and, and kids that may view this, it's, it's truly um, the message of, you know, we understand life and life has its challenges. We understand all those things. But I also understand this is that in this life, your life will be your life will be what you make it. And I think it's the mindset of, you know, my current situation is temporary. My current situation does not determine my tomorrow. I do. And so when you think about the Melvin and Monique in my own story, they made a decision. Um, and as I teach kids and students this, it's, it's, it's truly this, either you make a decision or this life will make one for you. So, so when you think about, um, the impact, right, for us, we're big on legacy. We're big on being able to help someone or reach someone or teach someone, uh, the way, um, I, I think it's, I think it's this, you know, Monique and I, we choose truly to not look the other way. We choose to speak. We choose to mentor. We choose to show because we understand that so many people haven't seen our position. They haven't seen things like this. And so I think it's, um, it's truly, it's, it, it's, it's an opportunity to instill, um, positive hope in others. And that's, and that's what we intend to do. Do you think, uh, you would like, to, like me to have asked you that I didn't? Um, no, I don't think, I don't think there's anything else. Um, I mean, I think you've asked me like a lot of, a lot of things. So I don't think there's anything that I have to add. And then I think Melvin summed that last piece up very, very well. So no, I don't think there's anything else. Thank you again so much. It's been very uh, inspiring and helpful uh, to people. May I follow up subsequently by email to ask about some photo assets and so on? We're looking obviously for some uh, some art, some photos of y'all. If I could follow up by email on that, would that be okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Right. You can, um, you can, uh, I think Anita's on the email chain. So any assets that you need, you can just, you know, make sure okay. that she's on there and then she'll send it. Okay. Well, thank you both again. Very inspiring. Continued success. And uh, I appreciate you giving us this time today. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so much. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to this conversation with Monique and Melvin Rodriguez. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. And don't forget to claim your Waymaker Journal at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.